This is Nursing Australia, proudly brought to you by APNA, the Australian Primary Healthcare Nurses Association. Hello and welcome to this special episode of Nursing Australia, brought to you by APNA's Transition to Practice program. I'm your host, Matthew St. Ledger. Now, APNA's Transition to Practice program is an education program for nurses who have transitioned into primary healthcare and feel they'd benefit from a little bit of extra support. Now, this program runs over a 12-month period and provides professional development for recently graduated nurses or experienced nurses who are working and are perhaps unfamiliar with the primary healthcare setting. Today, we're going to speak about a really important topic, mental health and burnout. These are topics that over the past couple of years have really come to the forefront when we talk about well-being of nurses and other healthcare professionals and the like. Educating ourselves about what burnout actually is and what it looks like are really important ways in which we can protect ourselves and our well-being. So for today's special episode, we speak with Mark Aitken. Mark's been a registered nurse for more than 30 years and now travels to various workplaces speaking about mental well-being. He's also a consultant and stakeholder engagement manager at Nurse and Midwife Support, which is a free support line for nurses and midwives across Australia. Nursing Australia's producer, Leith Alexander, spoke with Mark and really got into the nitty-gritty of what burnout is and how we can make ourselves more resilient when faced with challenging times. Here's the interview. Thanks, Mark, for joining us. Could you, first of all, just tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you do with nurse and midwife support? Thanks, Leith. It's a real pleasure to be here to talk to you about this important issue of burnout for nurses and midwives. I'm the Stakeholder Engagement Manager with Nurse and Midwife Support, and I'm a registered nurse. Nurse and Midwife Support is the national support service for nurses, midwives and students. The service is anonymous, confidential and free. And any nurse, midwife or student, or indeed anyone concerned about our welfare, can contact the service anytime they need support for any issue. 1-800-667-877 or contact us via the website nmsupport.org.au. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Thank you. I guess the first question I have for you today is regarding a term that we hear a lot nowadays, and that's burnout. So can you please explain what burnout is? Yeah, burnout has a very distinct definition that's um, provided by the World Health Organization, and it's a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that hasn't been successfully managed. It's characterized by three dimensions, One, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Two is increased mental distance from your job or feelings of being negative or cynical about your job, your workplace and or your colleagues and reduced professional efficacy. That means that you go to work and you're not really putting in 100% because you actually don't have the energy to do that. So that's the definition that we at Nurse and Midwife Support like to provide. Yeah, that definition, I wonder if that is always necessarily burnout or if that's just not enjoying your job sometimes. Yeah, well, well, as I said, with those three key dimensions, and often people won't get a a formal diagnosis until actually their issue or dissatisfaction or their work performance is quite depleted and they're not putting in. And sometimes, unfortunately, 
people get performance managed because they're not doing their job properly. And the fact that they're burnt out is sometimes missed. So I think it's really subtle. It's a much more than not just actually enjoying your job. And it's, it's often, unfortunately, a chronic condition because it's not picked up very early. And in fact, I'd like to put a call to action out there that for people who are observing a work colleague or somebody they manage with those, particularly those three elements to their workplace behaviour, it's probably a really good idea to take that person aside in a very confidential, safe and supportive way and check in with them about how they're going and if they need any support and refer them on for a more professional support and diagnosis. Burnout is obviously a big issue at the moment, particularly for nurses, midwives and frontline workers. And at Nurse and Midwife Support, we support people who are and have experienced burnout, but we'd much rather prevent it. And so, you know, early identification, acknowledgement that you may be burned out and seek help early can be really good strategies for ensuring you have much better outcomes. Well, in terms of preventing burnout, how can managers create workplace cultures that do reduce the risk of burnout? Yeah, it's a great question because I think we actually all have a role in preventing burnout and creating cultures that don't put people at risk of burnout. So I think the first thing to say would be ensure that staff health and well-being has a profile in your workplace. So talk about it. Talk to people about health and well-being and the risks of burnout in relation to the work we do as nurses and midwives and create open and honest communication where people can actually talk about how they're feeling in a safe place, get support early and have somebody check in with them if they don't feel okay. So I think ensuring staff health and wellbeing has a profile in your workplace is really vital. So to do this, have health and wellbeing as a standing agenda item of all team meetings. So just as you might talk about occupational health and safety or some other key performance indicators like budget parameters or measurements, Talk about health and well-being with your staff at every team meeting and check in with them and, you know, provide some support and strategies for how they can stay healthy and well. Have health and well-being very visible in your workplace. So that might be having a notice board in your workplace or having portals on your intranet around health and well-being so that it's actually visible. If you have a, a notice board, you could have some resources up there. You could have some activities and you could create a bit of kind of competition around staff health and well-being, get people to share their stories. Some organisations, for example, encourage walking groups. You might track the steps that people do each day and create a bit of fun and competition around those steps. Ask your staff at their annual performance appraisal about their health and well-being and check in with them. So just as you might talk about their education and training for the year, talk about their health and well-being and how they're feeling and perhaps use a scale of zero to 10, where zero is your well-being is terrible and 10, it's the best that it's, you know, could be. Where would you rate yourself on that scale? That's pretty 
easy visual for people to connect with. And if obviously they're rating their health and well-being as poor, obviously you need a conversation about how to improve that. If they rate their health and well-being as excellent, then that's something that can be celebrated. And that person may put themselves forward as a health and well-being champion for the workplace. So they could take on a, a role where they encourage other staff to achieve the status that they have achieved. Promote self-care plans for staff. And that is a really good way to encourage people to take responsibility for their health and well-being. Nurses and midwives are very good at creating care plans for other people. And I say to nurses and midwives, if you're very good at doing that for other people that you care for, why wouldn't you do it for yourselves? And it's like the light bulb goes on for people when I say that. And I sound like, yeah, of course. Of course I should do it for myself. And as managers, you could be encouraging your staff to do that. And just as our mantra nurse and midwife support is your health matters, it's probably a good reminder for people to regularly use that mantra. Yes, my health does matter. I need to take it by the horns and I need to create a plan for my health and well-being. I've got to say in 38 years of being a nurse, my observation is that most nurses and midwives will put other people's health and well-being before their own. And that is actually a risk for burnout. So make it a priority because if you're healthy, well and cared for, the chances are you're going to be much better providing care to others. I'd say to managers, model health and well-being behaviours yourself. So try and take your breaks, leave your unit or your ward area and have a lunch away from the workplace. Try and have regular check-ins and catch-ups or lunches and social events with your team and your staff. Eat well and talk about your health and well-being. I think one really fundamental and very important element is rostering. So I know rostering can be really hard, particularly with all the shortages. But if you can set up a system of self-rostering, that gives more power to the individual and work shifts that are best for them. So there are a few things that managers can do. If you're a manager and you're healthy and well, and you're feeling good about life and what you're doing, chances are the people around you will see that and respond positively and pick up similar habits. I'm just curious to know, and we don't have to include this, what do you say to nurses like, you know, when you're talking about the performance review, what if they're too shy to be honest about how their, you know, well-being is? Do you think that people are more comfortable saying those things these days or do you feel like that could still be a bit of an issue? Well, it probably is an issue in some workplaces, but that might be a workplace where the culture is not very good and it may be a more hierarchical, paternalistic workplace. But if you've got a workplace with open and honest communication, respect and trust and, you know, really good two-way dialogue and a good relationship with your team members, then I would say people are really comfortable to have those conversations. And perhaps in the performance appraisal process, you set up the conversation 
by stating those things that I just want to remind you, this is a safe place. What you say here today is confidential. There'll be no surprises. A performance appraisal is about you reflecting on your performance over the previous 12 months and creating a plan for the next 12 months. So that's why I advocate part of that plan could and should be the health and well-being of you, the person, having that important conversation with your manager. So are there ways in which nurses and midwives can protect themselves from burnout? There certainly are, Leith, and some of those ways include things I've already spoken to. So making your health and well-being a priority, having health and well-being as a foundation block of your life and your career. So it's not a like good to do or maybe, you know, I'll have a bubble bath on the weekend and that'll be a nice thing. It's actually something that you've set up, as I said, as a foundation in your life because you know that enables you to be well, healthy and cared for by yourself. Being aware of the risks and symptoms of burnout. So if you talk about the fact that burnout is a reality for many nurses and midwives and that's openly spoken about and your manager, your colleagues and yourself and even your family are checking in with you regularly and noticing if you are more stressed than usual or more cynical and exhausted than usual, then people can check in with you and say, hey, you might have kind of lost a sense of this, but I've noticed that you know, you might be tipping towards burnout. And I just want to say, I've noticed it, I'm concerned for you, and I'm here to support you. And so if you kind of set up that open and frank and honest communication with people you trust in your life, then um, I think they can be self-protective factors. I think the other really important thing to do is, as our friends at Are You OK say, check in with yourself and others. So firstly, ask yourself, am I okay regularly? And I worked with a nurse who used to get up in the morning and she'd do a bit of kind of a self-check, like, have I got everything I need for the day? Have I got my stethoscope? Have I got some good food to eat in my breaks? Have I got enough water? Am I hydrated? And am I okay? You know, so it's a simple question, really. And if you're not okay, that could be an indication that today may not be the best day for you to go to work and probably good that you do something to support yourself. Or if you do go to work and you're not okay, just share that with your manager and perhaps they can let you go home early or they can kind of give you a lighter load for the day. But if you are okay, then check in with your colleagues and people you work with. And if you see somebody struggling, discreetly and confidentially take them aside and just ask that simple question, are you okay? And check out the Are You Okay resources. There's some really fantastic tools that they provide to be able to do that. Promote self-care. I think that's really important. Take regular breaks and make preventing burnout everybody's responsibility. It's not just my responsibility as a nurse to ensure that I prevent myself from burning out, but I have a shared responsibility for my colleagues and other people that I work with. 
and talk to your manager, family and friends or a trusted colleague. You might talk to your general practitioner about, you know, the fact you're not feeling okay and work's really tough and not to mention all the other life issues that we deal with. Most organisations have an employment assistance program that you can check in with and get three, if not more, confidential sessions with a counsellor. I myself have used EAP. And of course, nurse and midwife support is there to support every nurse, midwife and student whenever you need support. So please don't forget to contact us. It's really easy. Just pick up the phone, dial one 800 667 877 Perhaps put that number in your phone and then it's there whenever you need it. And you get to speak to a nurse or a midwife who understands the world that you live and work in. So we're there for you. Wow, that's pretty amazing that everyone who answers the phone is a nurse or midwife. Is that right? Yeah. It's a service provided for nurses and midwives by nurses and midwives. So we we get it. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess you have given us a few organisations already, but you might have some more things to add. So if someone believes they are experiencing burnout, what support is available for them? Yeah, well, as I said, I've quite a lot of support. But the, the point here I think Leith to make first is that often when people are experiencing burnout, they actually lose sense of the fact that support is available. Nurses and midwives also carry an element often of shame when they experience burnout or they're not okay because they actually think, we think, we should be able to rise above it. You know, we should be invincible and we, you know, we shouldn't have all those kind of normal human emotions. Hopefully that's changing. But certainly a lot of people of my generation will know that, you know, you just kind of got on with it and, and just kept going. But the reality is you can't do that. And if you are experiencing those burnout sort of symptoms that I talked about, particularly exhaustion, heightened stress, cynicism about the workplace and not putting in 100%, then it's really important that you do get early intervention and support. As I said, if you can talk to your manager, talk to them, talk to a trusted colleague, a friend, your employment assistance program, your GP or us nurse and midwife support. So the other day when we were speaking, you mentioned resilience. Could you talk to me a little bit about what you mean by resilience and how that can help in preventing burnout? Yeah, resilience is a really great quality, but it's often something we aspire to rather than something we achieve all the time. And the way I see resilience, Leith, is it's about bouncing back in the face of adversity. So if you experience a hiccup in your life or a major challenge, or if indeed you've experienced burnout and you've been treated and supported, that you're able to kind of come back from that and work effectively and function effectively in your life. So resilience is really a protective factor from burnout because it's a set of qualities, I guess, that we have as humans where if something goes wrong in our lives or our work, that we can recover quickly and make sense of that and get on with it. 
And that's where I think, Leith, reflective practice and clinical supervision is really important for nurses and midwives, that we get the opportunity to debrief regularly, to reflect on our practice in a safe and supported way with somebody perhaps not connected to our direct work, but who understands the work that we do. I guess that's a reason you might call nurse and midwife support, is that you've had a, a critical incident in the area that you work in, and you just need to talk through it. And through talking through it, you're making sense of what's happened, you're getting some validation for how you might be feeling, and then you're able to reflect on that and bounce back from it. If you find you can't bounce back from different adverse incidents or issues in your life, the chances are you have tipped into burnout and you need immediate support. So I would say immerse yourself in your resilience. Most nurses and midwives I find are really resilient people. But it's actually also okay not to be resilient. So you don't have to have that stiff upper lip all the time and just kind of pretend the world is is rosy. You can actually say, you know what? What happened at work yesterday was terrible. I don't feel good about it. I need to talk about it. And through talking about it, I can, you know, perhaps make sense of what happened and move on. And I find, and the research certainly supports this, is that having really good supportive relationships, having a friendship group that gets you and understands the work that you do. So in my life, it's usually other nurses or midwives who I can talk to about an experience that I've had because they've had it also. And I kind of want a bit more nuanced understanding from somebody that, yeah, that would be really hard. I've had that experience too. Tell me a bit more about how you're feeling. And by the way, did you know about nurse and midwife support? So, you know, also a positive self-esteem, but also a a sense of humour are really protective factors in relation to resilience. And I've got to say, Leith, I don't know if you know many nurses and midwives, but most nurses and midwives I know are particularly funny people and have quite a black sense of humour about the work that they do. (laughs) I have noticed that, actually. I actually didn't know what the word macabre meant before I met nurses. (laughs) Macabre, yeah. There's certainly some macabre conversations. And sometimes when I've kind of recounted general kind of things that happened when I did clinical work, people in my life who weren't nurses, I think they actually didn't believe me. (laughs) It's like, uh, you're exaggerating that. That couldn't possibly have happened. Yeah. Well, thank you. There was heaps of good tips and info in there. I found it really insightful and I hope everyone listening was able to find it helpful as well. Thank you so much. And could you just maybe remind us of the number to call? Yeah, my pleasure, Leith. And just uh, a call to action as a I said it to anyone out there, if you're not okay and you think you might be experiencing burnout, please reach out for support to nurse and midwife support, 1-800-667-877, or you can contact us via the website, www.nmsupport.org.au. Our website also has some great resources. Episode 20 of the podcast, if you want to hear more of my voice, the Your Health Matters podcast, is called Burnout and Beyond with a nurse, a very honest nurse who has experienced burnout and tells his story. 
I also recorded a podcast with the happy nurse, Elena Molnery. She's a wonderful nurse who's also experienced burnout. And if you go to the happy nurse podcast, you'll find out episode that we recorded on International Nurses Day 2021. And please know that your health matters and we're here to support you. Thank you, Mark. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Mark Aitken from Nurse and Midwife Support for speaking with us today about mental health and burnout. If you'd like to know more about APNA's Transition to Practice program, you can head to the website. It's www.apna.asn.au forward slash education forward slash transition to practice. You can drop them an email at transition to practice at apna.asn.au or simply call 1300 303 184 within Australia. And if you have enjoyed today's chat, stay tuned for another bonus episode on mental health and burnout with leadership coach Jenny Hoffman. Jenny discusses how important it is to invest in ourselves so that we can live our happiest, healthiest lives. Thanks once again for listening to Nursing Australia. If you are listening right now on Apple or Google Podcasts, please don't forget to tap the subscribe button. And for Spotify listeners, click to follow and give us a positive rating no matter what platform you're listening on. Let's say five stars. That should be enough to get us over the line. The more you love us, the more you rate us, the easier it is for other nurses and healthcare professionals to find us and access the latest happenings in Australian primary healthcare and nursing. We'll see you shortly. Thanks for listening to Nursing Australia.